0: Yo, what's good everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Bon Voisin podcast with me, your favorite voisin, that is Jeff D. Mavison. So before we get started, I just wanted to give um shout out to my sponsor, which is the Anchor App. Um, for those who would want to who don't know how to start a podcast, who are looking for a voice, you know, to you know to give their opinion on whatever it is it may be. It could be sports, it could be politics, it could be anything. Try the Anchor App. It's free, it's easy to use. And it's it's accessible, so it's the Anchor app, A N C H O R app. If you got Apple, if you got Apple, if you got Android, you find it in your in the um, gosh, I'm, I'm almost forgetting in your in your phone store, whatever. But <clears throat> on this podcast, we're gonna talk about the hate against Cincinnati. Why the hate against Cincinnati Bearcats? I mean, we're also gonna dig into the hot stove. So many signings already within the hot stove season. And we got some interesting, uh, you know, award winners for the Cy Young Award, the Rookie of the Year, MVP. Um, we also dig into the NFL. We're talking about one particular team that is a Super Bowl contender. And it may be a team that you might not think it is. That It may be a team that you wouldn't think at the start of the season would be a super bowl contender we're also gonna dive into can super cam really save <clears throat> the carolina panthers we're also going to talk about monday night football thursday night football um dive into a little nba you know underrated uh free agent moves this off season that have paid off we'll look into a couple names also we're gonna we're gonna go all over the place we're even gonna talk about you know sad you know a sad week it's already been a sad week already you know and it gets more sadder by the minute so let's get started um so the first thing i had is um i was looking at a um as i was on the on the phone a couple of days ago i was looking at a story in the washington post that talked about the cincinnati bearcats why why they're not getting enough love in the college football playoff and because i saw the rankings and it had them sixth tell me why they're behind alabama who has a loss and behind ohio state i i don't get that they're undefeated now granted they do play in the american athletic conference which is not a, a which is not a a world beater but you know but they've got some very good teams in that league is it because they're soft schedule they play notre dame now granted granted they beat Notre Dame in South Bend but then to me i think their win against Notre Dame was more impressive than Oregon beating Ohio State because Oregon lost to a 3 to to a 3 win Stanford team i mean come on now so but really i think they've been disrespecting Cincinnati ever since last season when they were forced to even go to the peach the Chick-fil-A bowl my whole thing about this is should they move to a bigger league like the big 10 or the big 12 obviously with geography and the logistics playing in <clears throat> i think all know this is why this is why there should be an 18 playoff because you're gonna have every year you're gonna have a team outside the power five that's deserving last year was coastal carolina and byu this year is cincinnati i mean seriously what do they have to do to show that they deserve in the college football playoff? They've, they've beaten their competition. They've won their games. Granted, they haven't won in an impressive fashion, but they won their games, which is, to me, most important. You have to win your games. Um, eventually, the committee is going to have to go to a team playoff because there's too many deserving teams out there. I mean, as a, as a fan, as a football fan, I'm getting tired of seeing Alabama, Georgia every year. Again, nothing, I have nothing against those teams because there's some two fine programs from a blue blood conference like the SEC, which is always going to have a a powerful voice in the college football playoff. But you know, it's time to see some new teams. You know, see what they can do. So now we move on to baseball, the hot stove. We're still, in, you know, obviously in the off season. Um, couple notable names have you know already signed contracts even got big extensions um justin verlander he came off tommy john surgery he he had a one-year 25 million dollar deal with the player option for 2023 so really it's a two-year 50 million dollar deal um obviously he's coming off tommy john so we don't know how effective he's going to be he's 37 years old so it's they're obviously going to give him restrictions on his on an innings limit so he'll I know he's gonna get a pass for this year, so maybe next season he'll be full go. But this I mean this Houston team, they're ready to win now. And you have a manager who's ready to win ready to win now, Dusty Baker. So look for them. They're they're gonna be back in the World Series. Granted, we we've yet to see many big moves in the offseason, so we'll see how that plays out. If Houston makes any more moves. Um <clears throat> Noah Syndergaard signed a one-year $20 million deal with the uh, Angels. This move was very surprising, considering the Angels and the person who signed this deal, Syndergaard, he had Tommy John surgery. He only pitched one game for the Mets last season. So it's a lot of risk, especially the money. I know it's one year, but for you don't know what he's going to be like. Kind of like with Verlander. Well, except Verlander has a longer track record than Syndergaard, but you don't know how his arm is going to respond, especially after a long layoff from Tommy John. So this one is one of the riskier ones in free agency. Then you have Eduardo Rodriguez. Signed a $77 million deal for five years. He can opt out after 2023. So, of course, last year he had a four-seven-four ERA. That was the highest ERA of his career. So the $77 million, that's, I mean, it's a bit of a risk for a team like Detroit. But going, going into the offseason, they had to spend money because you have a young contending team and their rotation, Casey Myers, uh, Matt Manning, Tariq Skubal, um, Spencer Turnbull, they they have they have the pieces to f- have a formal rotation, so they needed somebody, although it was surprising that E-Rod got this much money. I was surprised that Tigers were even going after him. Um, I would have thought a guy like maybe Robbie Ray would have been in that position, but we'll see what E-Rod's got left in the tank. I mean, He's still young. He's not 30 yet. So, But <clears throat> they already got Tucker Barnhart, who they traded for. So the Tigers, they're making small moves. I don't know if they're going to sign Carlos Correa, but, I mean, given the team that they have now and the way they play down the stretch, that's a team that's on the rise. I like what A.J. Hinge and Al Avila are doing. Um, also on this list, Jose Barrios signed a... He re-signed with Toronto, 7 years, $131 million um they locked him up for what close to the 2030 season this one was actually a smart signing now i don't know how toronto is going to work the money part out considering they still have bo bichette t oscar hernandez vladimir girl jr that they got to pay obviously pre-arbitration years so we'll see how that is going forward but this was a smart signing he's a Barrios is a very good pitcher a frontline starter and obviously, with Robbie Ray, Steven Matts, free agents, at least you have him, Hunjin Ryu, Nate Pearson, and they've got a host of other guys vying for, oh, Alec Manoa. So they even with those two leaving, you still have a formidable rotation that can contend the, in a really tough American League East. Next up, we had uh, Andrew Heaney, who signed a one-year, $8.5 million deal with the Dodgers. He's a bounce-back candidate. And with a team that has very uncertainty at the rotation with uh Clayton Kershaw, Max Scherzer going to free agent, um, we don't know if they'll be back, but he's a guy that he didn't pitch very well last year. So the eight and a half million that was a surprise. but given what teams like the Dodgers have done for you know have done for guys at this point in their careers, think of what they did with Scott Kazmir. Um he, you know, he looks like he can potentially bounce back. Um. Obviously, it's 162 games, so we we don't know how well, you know. It's obviously projection, of course. So that's the funny thing about free agency. You're paying somebody for what they're going to do. Now, you know, well, you're paying them for their past, you know, their past track record, not what they're going to do. So it's, it's, um, you know i don't know what to say but it's free agency in baseball it's very different from basketball or in the nfl um baseball you can you can take risk or in basketball mm, you can you can kind of take a risk but there's always you can always have an opt-out nfl of course the contract's not guaranteed all that stuff so moving on to the awards the american league rookie of the year was randy rosarena of the tampa bay rays He beat out his teammate, Wanda Franco, and Jonathan India of the Cincinnati Reds. Now, each guy, well, in a Rosarana's case, he, he he burst on the scene last year in the playoffs. Obviously, he was the LCS MVP, and the question was, can he follow that up? Well, he did. With a 2020 season, 32 doubles, 69 RBIs. Played very good defense out in the outfield. So, obviously especially with a, t- a young team like the Rays, he really raises profile as a young star in this game. Now, when I say the Rays, there's always a potential that he could be traded too because he will get expensive if he keeps playing the way he is cuz obviously he's trending upward, so he will get expensive. And a team like the Rays who are under financial constraints, you know, you never know with them. Um, Jonathan India, he was a guy who was supposed to be caught up last year But obviously with COVID and all that stuff He made the team as a non-roster invitee Was the opening day second baseman Hit 21 home runs, 69 RBIs for a contender um, This was obviously unexpected, you know But it's funny with rookies Every year there's always somebody who comes out of nowhere And just takes the league by storm And Jonathan India was that guy um, so, congrats to him. Congrats to Randy Orozarena on winning Rookie of the Year. Uh, Cy Young Award winner was two guys who had, <clears throat> I guess you call it, very good bounce-back seasons. Uh, Corbin Burns, who won the National League Cy Young Award for the Milwaukee Brewers, um, who had the lowest innings pitch for any Cy Young Award winner, uh, 167 innings. He went 11-5, and 243 ERA. Um, he struck out over 200 batters. Um he uh he started out the year with 58 strikeouts and no walks which is crazy for a guy i mean with pinpoint control that's that tells you he has good control he threw a no hitter it was a combined no hitter with josh Hader. um to think in 2019 he had a over eight era and so now he's a Young award winner now we shift to robbie ray of the toronto blue jays 284 era he led the league in strikeouts with 248 and this is a guy who had an ERA north of six in 2020. He signed a one-year deal. It was like make a. It was kind of the the Blue Jays. They liked what they saw towards down the stretch, so they gave him a one-year deal to see what he can do. And he gave him a sign on Award season. I mean, these are two guys who had to make adjustments. Um, who, you know, they showed that it. Baseball is a funny game it's one year you could be good the next year it could be bad so it's always good to keep level-headed i mean you always have to make adjustments in anything and in in anything in any walk of life you have to make adjustments because nothing's ever going to be the same so congrats to those two um so obviously with the qualifying offers you had 13 guys who declined the qualifying offer um three guys that i put down in particular according to mlb.com was, one was Freddie Freeman? And that's going to be an interesting case. We'll see how much the Braves are going to give him. Obviously, he wants a six-year deal. The Braves may not be willing to go that far. So that's going to be something, you know, something to see. You know, a team like the Yankees may swoop up and get him. Um, Corey Seager the Dodgers, Chris Taylor. Chris Taylor's a name to watch. I was reading today in, uh, on MLB.com that the Red Sox could look for a guy like him. Obviously. Last year, they they did an underrated sign, picking up Kike Hernandez on a two year deal, and he, I mean, and he became their everyday uh, second baseman. Now, Chris Taylor, he could play the he could play everywhere in the outfield and in the infield, so he gives him insurance in case Xander Bogarts opts out after this season, which we don't know if he will or not. But that gives the Red Sox insurance. So keep a name on those three guys. So now we shift to the NFL. Actually, no, I forgot to say MVP. The American League MVP was Shohei otani who had a historic season. Obviously, a two-way player, hitting forty home runs, albeit for a non-contender. um Had an ERA under four. I mean, seriously, this guy was—he posted Babe Ruth-type numbers. So he was rightfully so winning the um the MVP, unanimous MVP. Albeit, Vlad Guerrero had a had a very good year historic year marcus simeon historic year but what shohei altani did you know hitting 40 home runs and era under four that's i mean that's just it's crazy in this day and age in baseball also for the national league mvp bryce harper the philadelphia phillies I, i i like the choice you know i do bryce harper he he literally carried that phillies team into contention now granted they they finished six games behind the Braves you know there's people who thought oh you know he should not have won the award but think about it without him the Phillies are not contending he literally carried that team in the second half there was a time when this guy was on fire in the second half so congrats to Bryce Harper this is his second MVP so now we go to the NFL so we talk about Super Bowl contenders every year there's always a contender Obviously this season, you know, there's there's so many teams that are contenders, so many teams are pretenders, but this one team, particularly in the AFC South, they're they're missing their big star, but they're Super Bowl contenders in my opinion. And that is the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans, they have, they're led by a coach named Mike Vrabel. Obviously he comes from that Belichick tree. But and we're gonna get to the Patriots a little later, but I like what Tennessee I like what he's doing there in Tennessee. They have several characteristics that make them a Super Bowl contender. They got a run game. You know, you had Derrick Henry. Obviously, he's hurt. He's gone for the season. He may come back towards the end of the season. They have a rock-solid offensive line. A very good receiving core. Uh, Julio Jones, um, A.J. Brown. very good quarterback play Uh, with Ryan Tannehill. Defensive line play has been amazing this season with uh, Jeffrey Simmons Nico Autry Harold Landry Bud Dupree Um, that the secondary Kevin Byard they've beaten also the playoff teams that they're supposed to be the Bills the Chiefs the Colts and the Rams this team is a legitimate Super Bowl contender they can what I love about them they don't change their identity they don't change who they are even with Derrick Henry out, they still run the football and run the football and run the football and play good defense. I mean, this is a team you have to you have to fear. The Tennessee Titans. Now, granted, their schedule is about to get tougher, but that's a team that you must account for. And they have a coach who who I have great respect for, Mike Vrabel. He's um, you know, he he's tough as nails. Obviously, he was tough as nails as a player, and and it rubs off on the team. I'm I'm a Big proponent of In any walk of life Your friends Or whoever your team is They're a mirror image of you He's obviously a grinded out type guy He has a grinded out type team So it goes hand in hand So that is like a match made in heaven Now are the Tennessee Titans going to win the Super Bowl Well it all depends If Derrick Henry comes back if Ryan Tannehill can keep this level of play, if their defense can keep this level of play, but so far so good, I'm, I'm liking what the Tennessee Titans are bringing to the table. <clears throat> now we should now we go to the NFC South, and we ask him, Cam Newton save Carolina. Well, while while he's not the transcendent talent he used to be, Cam can still he can still you know give you a flash play here and there. They got the defense pass rusher like hassan reddick they got jeremy Chen, Stephen stefan gilmore um shaq thompson um obviously with christian mccaffrey if cam can provide at least a little bit in that in that passing game just a little bit get the ball to robbie s and dj moore they'll be fine now they're gonna have to get through tampa but they can grab a wild card spot Cam doesn't have to be 2015. He just has to be good Cam Newton. That's all. That's all they need. So now we head to Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football, we had the uh, 49ers against the Rams. The 49ers went 31-10. This was a shocker, even though I slept, fell asleep on the game. Um, uh, while I was watching the highlights, I noticed Jimmy Ward grabbed two interceptions. The defense was playing as well as they played all season they're going pretty much this was the super bowl year kind of defense if you really think about it this is the same 49ers team same cast of characters they were last year they just injuries injuries covid ineffectiveness as we just plagued them all season but this is the first game where they put it all together all three they play complimentary football the offense, Jimmy G played well. Debo Samuel, they got the ball to him. He's clearly their best player on offense. Well, not named George Kittle. But Jimmy G played an effective game. The Rams offense, you can tell the timing between Beckham and Stafford. It'll come with time. You know, there was a play where Stafford just heaved the ball and Odell stopped running. Now, granted, that could that's on Odell because he should have ran and caught the ball. But the Rams offense, they'll be fine. Just... You know, once Odell gets some more practice reps um, during the season, they should be fine, but the 49ers dominated them. Um, hopefully this win kinda you know reinvigorates that team. <clears throat> Thursday night football. What can I say about it? Patriots won 25, I think twenty six to nothing. Um, you can tell Atlanta the offense was just whew. You can tell they miss Cordero Patterson. I can't understate how much they missed him because they looked out of sync without him. Obviously without Calvin Ridley also. They they couldn't move the ball. Matt Ryan kept getting sacked. I mean he looked defeated. He, not only did he throw an interception, not only did he not throw not only did he throw an interception, but Josh Rosen threw an interception. Felipe Franks threw an interception. The offensive line was simply like a turnstile um the new england defense was just shutting down i mean they've played as well as they've been playing all season mac jones is precision passing i mean this guy mac jones he's showing why he's the quarterback of the future making fans forget about tom brady well not completely but the future's in good hands in new england i mean mac jones he he gives them something they lacked last year at the quarterback position, an accurate passer, makes the right reads. You know, he doesn't. He's not the most athletic guy, but he knows he understands what he's doing. So now we move to the NBA. Um, two teams. Obviously, one of the teams I had sent said a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, is it is it time to panic for LA and Phine- and um and Philly? For Philly, no. For LA, yes. Even though LeBron's back tonight because they're playing the C- the Celtics, but for Philly, no. Whenever they get resolved that Ben Simmons situation, um, uh, Philly's just too talented of a team to be panicking. It's early in the season; they're still. 70 or so games left in the playoffs they will make the playoffs but will they make a run that all depends if Ben Simmons comes back I know me and my uh, my guy Jonathan was talking about it, but You know Ben Simmons is the key to the Sixers going back to the playoffs um, I mean I, I don't know if they can win without I don't know if they can win without him because Joel Embiid cannot do it by himself on the Lakers on the other hand, I've already talked about the Lakers, so we won't get into that. You you can if you heard the podcast the past couple of weeks, you know what I've talked about, the Lakers. <clears throat> so, underrated offseason moves. Obviously, Ricky Rubio. He's a guy that he's bounced around, but he's a very good point guard. Obviously, breaking news, Colin Sexton just went a season ending surgery to repair a torn meniscus. So this move has paid off handsomely for Cleveland. He was brought in to be the backup point guard. The day Sexton gets hurt, he scores a career high 37. He leads backup point guards and assists with 6.5 per game. He's a dependable point guard, something that every team needs, a dependable player who knows how to run an offense. If you need somebody who knows how to run an offense, who can distribute, score occasional points, that's Ricky Rubio. Next up we go to Sacktown, Rashawn Holmes. This guy signed a four year deal. It was a very underrated move because people are like, Who is Rashawn Holmes? Unless you're a true basketball fan who watch basketball like that, you appreciate a guy like Rashawn Holmes. Gives you a double double, plays hard. Um, <clears throat> you know, he he does it he does the little things well. Gives you a double double. Um, especially for an improving team like Sacramento. Next up, we had the Charlotte Kelly Oubre. Um, obviously, a team-friendly deal, two-year deal. And this guy, he said he wasn't going to come off the bench, but now he has come off the bench. I guess he's embraced the role. You know, he'll have his occasional off nights, but this guy can put up points in bunches, especially for an exciting team like Charlotte. I mean, he comes in handy, especially during the playoffs. So you just watch so my final well not really my final but a couple of games i want to talk about you know the bills and the colts is a rematch from last year's playoffs i got the bills winning 24 17 i think this is where the bills write the ship this is where they make their run um washington football team is the panthers um cam against ron rivera i got the panthers winning 27 i mean no that that Washington offense just too inconsistent their defense. Obviously, missing Chase Young tore his knee. That's unfortunate. But I got the Panthers winning 20 to 7. Cowboys against the Chiefs. This game is gonna be exciting. This would have been the game of the year, obviously, if the Chiefs were doing better, but Cowboys won 42-35. If you don't agree with me, hit me in the DM or you know, hit, hit me in the box, you know, tell me what you guys think college football got three games upset alert well not really upset i got ohio state winning 41 38 over over uh, michigan state the matchup i want to see is kenneth walker the third against that ohio state defense this guy's been running roughshod a heisman candidate i want to see what ohio state's defense is going to do oregon versus utah that is also a game i'm dying to see i want to see that oregon offense against that utah defense Um Oregon winning twenty to seventeen. Obviously what um the my upset my upset is Arkansas beating Alabama. I know that's gonna sound odd, but this Arkansas team is not to be messed with. Obviously that game they played against LSU was a tough game, but Arkansas you know, they're going to give Alabama a run for their money. I got them winning 35-31. So, <clears throat> what I wanted to talk about last is, um, I think, was it, a couple of days ago, we heard the unfortunate passing of young Dolph um, in Memphis. You know, it was unfortunate. Very young, 36 years old. Um, you know, it was unfortunate that that it happened. Um, it seems like you can't go anywhere nowadays without somebody trying to shoot you. It's funny when you're successful everybody wants to see you fall like it's crazy i don't know why we have that mindset when somebody gets successful instead of supporting them we hate on them you know so all i can say is people you know just have love for one another don't don't hate because you see somebody successful you know encourage them you know all we need is just try to make each other better instead of trying to tear each other down so RIP Young Dolph. Um, to him, you know, condolences to him and his family. Uh, so, on that note, I just want to say to everybody, have a great night, have a great weekend. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Um, if you're a new subscriber, hit that subscribe button. Hit the like and subscribe button. And if you've been listening for a long time, I want to thank you guys. Um, have a great weekend, everybody. Yeah.